Morning. Welcome to Emmanuel's first ever live stream sermon. Uh, while I'm preaching here at home, a team of other clergy, our music director, and our video wizard are next door at the church filming the Sunday service, which will be up on YouTube this afternoon for you to listen to and to watch. Uh, you'll find the link to it on Emmanuel's website, www.emmanuelgv.org. Or it can be found by going to YouTube and searching for Emmanuel Grass Valley. I am home while the other clergy are in the church because I have a sick daughter. And out of an abundance of caution, I don't want to be around other people until we have a diagnosis of what she has. But she is doing really well despite being a little sick. So I'm going to begin uh, this sermon by reading for you all the gospel passage for today. This passage comes out of John chapter 4, uh, beginning in the 5th verse and going till the 42nd verse. Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give them will become in them a spring of living water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, Give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You're, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, What do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, 
Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more than harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. Please pray with me. Lord God, uh, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity which we are afforded through technology where despite uh, the coronavirus going around, we can, even though we are distant from one another in body, we can be close together in spirit. We pray, Lord God, that you would speak and move and draw us to yourselves, that you would reveal yourself through this passage of scripture, that you would fill us with your hope and your love. And Lord, we pray, we pray for those who are um, surrounded by anxiety or fear. We pray for those who are ill. We pray for those who are caring for those who are ill. And we pray for those who are in leadership. Lord, may they all just be guided and directed by you. May you gift them with wise decision making. May you bring healing and peace, Lord, not only to our community or our nation, but to this world. And we pray, Lord God, that in this time of difficulty, you would show us ways that we can support for one another and care for one another. And Lord, please give me your words to speak to your people today through this sermon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, what a difference a few days make. When I sat down to write this sermon on Thursday afternoon, there was a lot of concern about coronavirus, but things were largely going to just keep on going on as usual. And now today I'm preaching from you, I'm preaching to you from my home and to you in your own homes and all of us for the good of others and to care for ourselves are taking it upon ourselves to keep our personal space and avoid spreading this virus as best as we can. Cruises, flights, meetings, sporting events, and so many other normal things of life have all been canceled or changed. All of these changes and warnings can make us fearful of the person who we might run into in the grocery store or the person who touches the handrail before us or who opened the doorknob last or who touched the light switch. Now take all that concern or anxiety or, or fear 
and turn it into the dynamic between two groups of people. And you have an idea of what the relationship was like between the Jews and the Samaritans in the time of Jesus. Personal distancing was what they did naturally. Our story, therefore, picks up with Jesus coming to the Samaritan city of Sychar. In this city was a well which Jacob used to provide water to his family many centuries before. There at this well, Jesus sits down at about noon. Now, noon was not the time of day that you really want to be out and about in Israel, particularly doing like a morning job, like drawing water. But lo and behold, here comes a woman to this well. Now, it might be a coincidence, but her going to the well in the middle of the day might be because she knew that this was an off hour and she didn't want to see anybody else. So it was intentional or she had a long night and was just getting up and getting ready for the day. Whatever her reasons might be, she walks up to the well and sees Jesus. And this should pique our interest because this is a familiar Bible trope, kind of like it was a dark and stormy night prepares us for a scary story. A man and a woman meeting at a well is the ancient love story pattern in the Old Testament. But things clearly are different here. First of all, it starts a little strange because Jesus says, give me a drink. Not the most genial of introductions, nor the most polite statement. And her reply is not the most gentle either. How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me? a woman of Samaria. And John gives us a little footnote that tells us, Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Remember, coronavirus. Don't share cups and stuff. So Jesus replies to her by saying, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. In hindsight, Knowing who Jesus is, we can know that he is talking about himself and what he would give to people, that he would cause his spirit to flow through them and transform their lives. But for this woman, she doesn't get it. And so she says, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? She has some very practical questions here. How in the world are you going to get this water? Not only is there a hole in the bucket, dear Liza, there is no bucket at all that he has. And so he replies, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. Those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. Now this is different entirely from anything she was thinking of. And so she's hooked. She is hooked. And she says to Jesus, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. She sees this water that Jesus is offering to her as a solution, a solution to the challenges in her life, to her difficulty. 
But there's a problem. She wants the water. But how is she going to get it? In reality, the problem standing between her and this water is her own life. This problem doesn't have anything to do with having a bucket or a place to get the water. It has to do with what her life has been built around. And so Jesus goes there. He goes to the theme of her life. Remember the familiar trope of man meeting woman at a well? This is how Jacob, whose well they are standing at, met his own wife. And so Jesus asks her to call her husband. She answers that she has no husband, to which Jesus says, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. And just like that, Jesus has his Perry Mason moment. This woman is caught, and she tries in vain to evade, but she knows that his arrow has hit its mark. She has a history of broken relationships. Like many ships run aground on the beach, her love life has been treacherous and full of unforeseen dangers. But Jesus is not touching this place of pain in her life just to make her hurt. He wants to heal her. He wants to be the one she loves above all others. He wants to see her set free and to transform her life. Because, as a wise prophet once said, she has been looking for love in all the wrong places. And Jesus wants to heal that. Remarkably, this woman brings up that she has a hope that someday the Messiah will come, that a person will come and change everything for her and for her people. And Jesus tells her, I am he the one who is speaking to you. Now, Jesus is almost never this blunt, but with her, with this woman, he wants her to believe, to believe and know that he is the Messiah. At this point, the woman leaves her water jar because remember what Jesus told her about water? Those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. She is living that out. Life has changed for this woman. And so she leaves her bucket. And empty handed. But with a heart full of faith. She goes back to her town saying, Come and see a man who told me everything I had ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? And the result of her testimony is that many Samaritans believe too. Our passage began as a coronavirus encounter. Awkward, distant, cold, But by the end of the passage, it had changed into a love which had transformed this woman's life. She is no longer an outsider, a failure, ashamed. She is loved by God and wedded 
to Christ. He has pointed out her sin and set her free. Jesus is still standing at that well. And at every well, every day, waiting for you and waiting for me. Where do we go to draw water? Where are we looking to fill our daily needs? Maybe it's in a bottle or a pill or a cell phone or TV or social media or work or food or our appearance. The next time we feel ourselves being drawn to that place, hoping that maybe this time that experience will fill us up, let's look for Jesus. Because he's there, standing at that well. And he wants us to fall in love with him too. And to be set free and delivered. And to leave our bucket behind. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for the gift and blessing of this day that you've given us in this amazing passage of scripture. Lord, thank you. Thank you for crossing that boundary and going to a people who your people were estranged with. Lord God, you have done this work in our lives as well. You have reached out to us, people who are rebellious to you, and you have extended your hand to us and sought to bring us in and set us free. Lord God, in life it's so easy to pursue satisfaction and fulfillment and identity in so many different things. But Lord, we pray that you would help us. Help us this day to have eyes open to see you standing by the well and to see you extending hope to us and life to us and love to us. Help us, Lord God, to see you face to face, to fall in love with you. And in experiencing that love from you, help us to leave our bucket behind and to find freedom and joy in life. And like this Samaritan woman, may we leave the well, Lord, and go back to our people and tell them about who you are and bring them back to you so that they might be delivered as well. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.